Welcome to the Mind, Body, Soul podcast. I'm delighted to have Mary Derbyshire on the podcast. That's the Irish pronunciation. Derbyshire is how they say it in America. So there, there we've got the, got the pronunciation right, Mary. I just want to give you a brief introduction because you've written an amazing book called Agility at Any Age, which I had a flick through today. And I just, you know, I'm going to be really getting into it because there's a lot of helpful links and everything there. But I just, some things jumped out at me. So you talk about the most valuable things you've learned in 30 years as a fitness instructor and 24 years as an Alexander Technique teacher. So I really, I'm looking forward to discussing that with you. But what also jumped out at me was the range of people that you've worked uh, with from kickboxing champions, uh, cellists, surfers, organists, gardeners, and the lists go on. And also, let's say our everyday office warrior as well. So I know you've had lots of them uh, come through the doors over the years. So Mary, welcome to the podcast and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Declan. Thanks for having me. Oh, for sure. Absolutely delighted. So I would, I'd love to just maybe... Because I, I know with the Alexander Technique, it wasn't one that I'd really heard of. And I did flick through the book, but I, I much prefer for you to talk a little bit about that and your overall ethos um, on sort of agility at any age. Sure. So, you know, when you're driving down the road and you see someone walking or running and you say, ouch, that's got to hurt. Yes. Right. You, well, it does hurt. How we move. How we move plays a huge role in how um, on whether we move with pain or without pain, um, whether we're agile or not agile. And um, so with the Alexander Technique is we teach people how to move better, how to walk better, how to sit better, how to run better, how to stand better. better and exactly. And, um, and as a result, you feel amazing in your body. You feel pain and stiffness hopefully goes away. Um, your balance improves, your agility improves, your mobility improves. And when that happens, you're able to move more mm -hmm. and your fitness level can improve as well. So um, so the, the technique has been around for over 120 years. It was first developed by F.M. Alexander, who was an Australian um, in, in 1890. And so it has uh, been tested through time, let's say. Yeah, tr tried and tested. And, you know, so I read in, in your book that it mentioned about the alignment of the, the neck to, or is it the, the head and the, the neck. W would that be correct, just to give people a bit of a, a, a sort of a taste of what it's referring to exactly in terms of how the body's moving? Sure. One of the primary principles of the technique is that the way that your head relates to your spine, your neck and your, your whole spine, dictates how well you function. Okay, mm -hmm. so the head rests on top of the spine deep here in at the atlanto-occipital joint that is the point of articulation of the head and the neck and, and when you think of small children they sit and stand beautifully small yes. children two three years old right they yeah. stand with incredible poison balance mm. but as we get older we lose that poison balance we become habituated to standing and moving with not our head articulating on top of our spine here, but but it, it the head the head tends to fall backwards, and that creates the slouch. 
Wow. And, and when you mentioned the way kids move, right, I think we've all had that experience. And I, and I saw it referenced in your book earlier was like, you know, kids even doing a squat movement and just getting, I'm sure you've seen horrible squat technique as of I in the gym, you know, you see it sometimes done really well and sometimes done not so well. And, you know, kids seem to, like young kids seem to do it so effortlessly without too much, too much thought, you know? Right. They haven't become habituated to, to, uh, patterns of movement that aren't that are unhealthy mm. so it's really your habits that are dictating how well you move and when you mention habits are we talking about movement habits through exercise or everyday habits like sitting in front of a computer if you here's the thing about habits if you have poor habits sitting in front of the computer you're going to have those same poor habits at the gym your habits go where, with you wherever you go. You stand the way you stand and you sit the way you sit. And learning what habits that aren't serving you well, that are interfering with this natural sense of poison balance that you had as a small child, learning, discovering what those habits are and learning how to prevent those habits from reoccurring is essentially what the technique is about. Okay, excellent. So now you've got me really curious. So I'm wondering what does a, a typical session with Mary look like when I come in to, to move better? So I, I assume you're going to tell me it's tailored to the person in front of you, right? But I, I wonder, do you use weights or does it predominantly to do with body weight movement or a mixture of both? Well, we wouldn't get into the weights right away because that's weightlifting or any kind of, you know, exercise is complicated movement we mm. take very simple movements essentially uh, an alexander teacher would have you stand and sit and then we would work on sitting and standing so we work on a very basic movement that we can see what you're habitually doing how you're interfering and as we improve the sitting and standing, then we can go into walking, then we can go into running, then we can go into something like weightlifting or playing the cello or, uh, or whatever you want to do. Love it. Love it. So, and then in terms of, you know, like healthy aging and, and, and getting in touch with, with, because what I've experienced is, you know, I get a mixture of people who maybe haven't played much sport in their past, but are now at a stage where that they want, you know, they're taking their health more, more seriously. Maybe they got to a stage at work of, of sort of stress or they realize, God, I'm fueling myself on sugar and caffeine. I'm not feeling great about myself. I'm feeling a bit slouched over. You know, I don't want that anymore. And then I get this other kind of group is that our ex you know, sporty people who played a bit of sport growing up and they maybe have niggly injuries uh, from that. So I, I'm just wondering in terms of, you know, looking at that kind of range and spectrum, would you have advice in terms of moving better for, for those groups or would you approach those two groups very differently? I would approach, I would approach each the groups the same. I would approach them the same. Um, the group that wants to get into it, into exercise and fitness and who, who have been hesitant and, or haven't been inspired over the course of their life, right? They lack the confidence, mm. wouldn't you say? They tend yes. to lack, that group tends to lack confidence. Yes. And, and so teaching them just basic movements 
that they can do a squat, mm. right? That, um, and, and they can do it easily. See, yes. the, the, the Alexander technique makes life easier. Mm. Most of us move with far too much muscular tension and we try to move, especially as we get older. You, we, I hear this a lot, um, that if I just try harder, I'll be able to move better. But actually trying gets in your way because it makes you stiff mm. and it makes you bound, you know, rigid as if you're holding yourself. And teaching a person how to move better, you're teaching them how to move more easily. So that person who's lacking confidence, say the first group, yes, they would gain com more confidence as their balance improves and their ease of movement improves. And then the second group, the group that might have that niggling back pain or the knees that aren't feeling so great, mm. teaching them how to move better. Yes. Oftentimes yes. Um, gets them out of pain. Most people see me because they're in pain. Mm. And 98% of my clients have come to me because they've had back pain or jaw pain or neck pain or whatever, knee pain, elbow pain. There's, you know, a lot of people are hurting out there. Yeah, and yeah, no, I, I think it's it's a very, very interesting approach in terms of building up that confidence as well. What you mentioned with those people starting out, it's it's and like typically in the gym environment, I would have encountered people at say the treadmill or the cross trainer because that's just where they're comfortable. They might look at a weight section and say, no way, that's not for me. And so you would never, I would never get them onto weights straight away so in, in in ways it's similar to your approach i would start from a simple sit to stand and mm -hmm. see how they're looking see how their hips are moving their ankles are moving what's their alignment looking like and um, so you know in terms of of helping people oh that was what i'm really meant to ask was this idea of trying like that really resonates with me this this idea of trying too hard on, on movements like like I'm going to do it on camera here, but I have a simple warm-up technique where I get people to touch their right toe and open their hips. And, and it's amazing how many people will do all sorts of things when they're maybe not used to, you know, moving a certain way. They might go left hand to right toe and open the body the opposite direction. And, and actually sometimes what I've found is an instruction as a coach that you can give people is don't think, just move. And oftentimes it seems to fix itself a little bit on certain movements because this over-concentration seems to cause this kind of mental block. Right, and, and, this, and the stiffening of the body. Mm, mm. Right, this, this, this um, uh, trying to push their way through it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I had the same when I went to do a salsa class. I became stiff as a pole because I didn't know exactly how to move. And I was like, God, I have two left feet. And I was thinking, okay, don't mess up. My hands are sweaty. And I was like, this is how people come to a gym or come to a coaching field. Right, exactly, exactly. We can, we get in our own way, we, yeah. right? Yeah. We get in our own way. Exactly. And so um, in terms of then, like, in, in terms of the holistic picture then, Mary, when it comes to, to this and working on the Alexander Technique, could you explain a little bit more maybe around the progression of that for, for um, for people in terms of healthy aging and, and how you work through that without giving away all your secrets. Um, and, and also how this ties into a more holistic picture and um, maybe in terms of stress management and things like that. Is, is there a big link to that and breathing? 
Yeah, yeah, all of the above. So we see absolutely no separation between the mind and the body. I mean, and we this is this is fundamental to this work, and 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 this goes very very deep. It's um, how you think is how you are, and how you are is how you think. So if you're stressed out emotionally, you're going to be stressed out physically, and vice versa. So the way we practice the technique is by thinking. It's a mindfulness practice. Yes, yes, okay. Okay, and so if you're stressed out, your breathing is going to reflect that. So yes, it does, it, it, we, we, we're whole beings. We work as, as one. We're not, we're not a collection of parts, mm. Mm. right? We're, we're a symphony, we're a, we're a wholeness. Yeah, and I, and I like that metaphor um, of, of that, of everything working together. Uh, and that leads on to a little question to have. Could you bring us through a little breathing technique here now on the podcast? Or is that? Oh, possible? sure. Okay, awesome. And I'm going to join in. Okay, absolutely. Okay, so what I want, um, hopefully, well, if you're sitting in a chair. I even got a hard chair ready for this. I was going to say, I love your chair. That is a beautiful <laughs> chair. Um, so Declan is sitting in a hard chair. I'm sitting on a hard chair. So what I want you to do is I want you to take, even if you're sitting in a soft chair, you can do this. I want you to scoot forward to the front of your chair. And you're going to take your palms and you're going to slide them underneath your bottom, under your bum. There, now you feel that bony bits down there? Yes. yes. Those are your sit bones, your ischial tuberosities. Slide your hands out from underneath. Just slide them right out. And now you're sitting on your sit bones. You're sitting where you are supposed to be sitting. Wow. Now, Declan, now check out, check out yourself out in your camera. Look yeah, at how street. That's pretty Look immense. Look at that. Yeah. Is that incredible? That all, all we have done is we've put you where you're supposed to be when you sit. And it's already lengthened your spine and just made things a lot better. Is that amazing? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to give you a little bit more instruction here. Okay, we're going to change Declan just a little bit more. And everybody else watching this, take your index fingers, Declan, and yeah. put them right in front of your ears, like the little flap of your ear. Good. Now take your thumb in, in front of the ear, more in front, there, right. And now take your thumb and place it behind your earlobe. Good. And now drop your nose. Okay. Not that far. Not that far. Look straight ahead. There. Now just nod your head at that point where your index finger is and your thumb is. Nod your head there. Yes, and it, good. That's it. That's your occipital joint. So from your sits bones to your spine here is, is all of you. That's your torso. Mm -hmm. Torso and neck. Okay. So yeah. now take those hands away and just let your head be on top of the, there. That's beautiful. Good. Just drop your nose a tiny bit. Just a titch for me. There. That's beautiful. It's even better. So now... I can see, and everybody watching this can see, that your head is, is in a different relationship with your spine than it was before. 
Good. Now, whatever air is in your lungs, I you're going to exhale whatever is in your lungs. Without an in-breath or with an in-breath first? No in-breath. Empty your lungs. Good. Close your lips and wait. And let the air come in through your nose. Good. And we're going to exhale again. And you're going to just express a, a whispered ah, like that, A-H. There you go. And let it come out easily. And close your lips and wait. And let the air come in. And when you're at the top of the breath, you're going to pause. And you're going to let the air come out again with that whispered ah, gently. There you go. Close your lips and wait. And let the air come in. And do one more. And this time we're going to wait even longer. And you're going to wait until you feel a little pressure building up in your diaphragm area. And at that point, you're going to let the air come in. You're not trying to hold your breath. Good, and breathe normally now. That feels awesome. And what's that like? That feels awesome. Feels really that was excellent. Nice. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> That's like, I, oh, you did, I think you did three things with me there and they all like, I've, I have never experienced that sort of feeling in my body before. It's lovely, it's really nice. Great, well, it's, the thing about, and there are, for your Dublin audience, your Irish audience, there, there are some wonderful teachers. In, I, I lived in Dublin for a few years, um, and there's, yes, and loved it. Um, there's some wonderful teachers in Ireland and, right. and in Dublin, yeah. And like, even as a start point, I feel those three, like, like I've never done that. I saw, I saw, first of all, I was worried when you said sit in your palms, I thought, God, I hope she doesn't keep me here for 10 minutes because I feel those knuckles digging into the ground. And then, and then, yeah, that's an amazing adjustment in and of itself. And then on the second one about with the, just in front of the ear, um, the index finger in front of the ear hole and then the, the thumb behind the earlobe, it was, um, I felt my spine engage, you know, in a way that I wouldn't have before. So that was another big, yeah, big takeaway. And then the breathing was very, sort of meditative as well so yeah that was that was really great so one thing i want to jump in here and say um is that when people are told to sit up straight right they're they're, they're doing it from up here right they pull their shoulders back and they right and and our uprightness our our, our pelvis the bottom of our pelvis Think of it sort of like your feet. It's the feet of the torso, mm -hmm. right? And you have to, so you have to be in, the, you have to be at the right place in order to generate this postural response of, of lengthening and uprightness. So people are trying to co correct their, pro their, their posture by going to the wrong place. Yes. Right. You just went right on your sits bones and, and, and up you went. And that's another one on the, on the sit bones. I mean, I've never, yeah, that, like, again, such a simple cue, but actually 
I never thought of it like that. So thank you for that's a pack your bags moment for me right there. <laughs> uh, really, really cool. Um, it's a wonder, you know, I, I think because office workers are sitting on average of 9.3 hours a day. I, I, I think we should be spending more time educating people but with simple techniques like this. And also then looking at the idea of, of sitting to standing. And I'd be quite interested in your um, outlook on that, Mary. What, what do you think about, or what do you do in your, own, in your own working day? Do you mix it up between sitting and standing or do you have an outlook on that? Yes, I do. If you sit poorly, you're going to stand poorly. Okay. So getting a standing desk is not gonna solve your problem. It's just gonna take the problem to standing. You should be only, you know, you shouldn't sit more than 20 minutes to half an hour at a, any length of time. You should stand up, walk around, or even just stand up and sit down. Yes, yes. Right? Mm. So, um, and we, I mean, I can give a little instruction on how to stand if you, if you want to do that. Oh, yeah, I'd love to do that. Yeah, well, I maybe I'll set up my camera just so we can get it on camera for people. I'll maybe stand. Will I pretend like I'm working on a laptop, maybe? Um, yeah, that's a great idea, actually. Okay. Um, just, I'll just the camera just ever so slightly. I think that should catch right. me. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, so um, I'm going to suggest that probably, I can't see your feet, but for most people, we stand with our feet too close together. So my feet are about, just to give you an idea, they're actually in like a kind of a, as you would, a squat. So maybe I'm a little okay. bit of an exception. I might be a bit of an anomaly, but I'm a bit wider than shoulder width. Okay, that's great. That's great. But I'm, I'm, and I'm also saying this for your, if, if anyone in your audience is older, um, most falls with hip fractures are lateral falls. Mm, they're to, mm, the to the side. Yeah. It's not front and back. And if you stand with your feet too close together. I had to do this thing with my students. I'll stand with my feet close together and I'll ask them to shove me and they shove me and I'll go flying across the room. Sure. Well, maybe Joanna, will we get the, we'll give an example here just so people can see. So, right. So if your feet, so your feet are, if, if you place your feet too closer together, Declan, like most people do, right? They that's how most people stand. Oh, wow. Really? And pretend someone were to come up to you and shove you in one direction, you would fall. You, yes, you, you can, but take your feet back to, to where you were before when you were wider stance. Now, mime someone shoving you. Yeah, you don't go, It's incredible, you don't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. So just this one thing that you can, that you can, that a person can do to prevent a lateral fall. Wow. That have huge implications in their lives. Yeah. So I'll just recap on that. So most people are standing maybe in around here, and when yes. most people are falling, it's it's mostly lateral, right? And that's where a lot of those hip injuries are coming from. So they can help themselves by, as you say, going that bit wider and having a more, let's say, solid base in which that they're not going to be as easily moved. Absolutely, absolutely. Amazing. Okay, great. Will I, break, will I go back up to my standing position? Or? Yes, go back to your standing. <laughs> you just bossed me around. That's fine. I don't mind. Okay. <laughs> this is your podcast today. <laughs> okay, great. So, um, so your knees are slightly bent? Um, yeah, very slightly. Very, just minimally. 
Okay. I will also want you to bend ever so slightly at your your hip. At your hips. So, so like you're going into a Yeah, spot. yeah, yeah. Just like that. Just like you're taking your hips back, so your lower back. And I want you to bend your elbows. Can you get up closer to your fireplace? <laughs> yeah. Slash slash standing desk. Yeah, slash standing desk. It's actually it's a good it's a little high for you, but ergonomically you'd want it a little bit lower. Gotcha, because, yeah, gotcha, because my yeah, elbows are below. Yeah, right? yeah. But 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 that's good. I mean, but um so don't but don't lose your inflection at the hips. You want to bend your hips a little okay. bit. Yeah, yes. there you go. Yes. Yeah. I have this tendency, and I suspect a lot of people do, to almost arch that lower back forward. Right. What you do is you sink in your hips. Yes. So you push your hips forward. It's very, very common. Most people do it. Um, it's a tightening of the hip. It's a tightening of the hip joint. Yeah. Um, and so uh, if you, I was instructing you, I would tell you to think of your hips going back and actually up. So they go back and up rather than forward and down because now they're going forward and down. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Can you see so, that? Yeah. So, so when I go back to sort of default, it's a little bit like this, that little push through. And so what you're, you were saying to me, and I actually, I can go up a little bit on the step here. So that's probably better with the elbows there. Yeah, that is much better. And That's much better for you. What you were saying is also so so, so slight knee bend, slight slight uh, sit back and up. Now I'm getting the up part. Yeah, so back and up with the with the hips. Right, and but and, but don't think of it going into your lower back. This is a little. We're, I'm getting into some complicated stuff here, but so so we want the back to to stay long. We want the we don't want a break in the lower back. Okay. Okay we don't want to cause back pain back there but we want to think as if the hips were coming up and into your back gotcha. that's i guess that's a better way of putting it gotcha you know and I, I feel that but i think some good takeaways for people would definitely be the feet that we shouldn't be too narrow like literally together maybe more around shoulder width or slightly wider mm -hmm. and if you're standing trying to get those elbows up around the level of of where you're at and instead of overarching the hips forward and maybe having that that sort of push in the lower back is just to let yourself sit back into it a little bit more right right exactly as if you're exactly as if you're sitting as if yes. you're you're sitting a little bit while you're standing love it okay awesome yeah. any more points there or, or should i sit down no that was good that looked great right, right. lovely thanks for that no that's great there's some good tips there for me too so and um, really nice yeah, and actually that leads on nicely. So I remember actually, yeah, my own grandmother broke her hip, um, and that was that was a very debilitating, a very debilitating thing when it happened for her. And so I suppose a lot of people will be listening to this thinking of maybe um, elderly parents or grandparents, and or, or just listening for their own their own perspective. And generally, I'm taking things from this as well. So I feel this isn't just for elderly; this is for everyone. Um, but just in terms of what you mentioned about the hips, um, what can we do to encourage elderly parents, elderly, you know, people, friends, whoever, to move in a way that is healthy, even if they are quite elderly already and, and ways of looking after those those hips and general health? Well, you know, I think w one of the big things to think about is this, is that 
no one is too old to learn something new. Mm, agreed. Right. And that, I mean, I have people in their 90s who, I mean, pre-COVID, certainly, not so much now, um, but who, came, who have come to me to learn how to move better. So um, bending ankles, knees, and hips, right, is, is, is key. We, we, we were, to, were told to bend at our knees. Well, no, we bend at our ankles, knees, and hips, mm. right, mm. To, to, to lower and raise ourselves. Um, to, uh, not to, it's not getting so much into the technique, but just thinking about releasing your, your jaw muscles and your tongue plays a huge part on how the head relates to, to the rest of the spine. So, um, and it, it just makes movement easier. Yeah. When the head is on top of the spine, it makes movement easier. And when you release your tongue and your jaw, you allow for that relationship of the head, neck and spine to become more true. Oh, amazing, amazing. Um, and I, I'm going to definitely incorporate some of the things that you've said, Mary, to me there, even like uh, just I think they're going to be so useful, particularly with the yeah, the posture there, the ergonomics tips. Um, so I suppose, you know, you thanks a million for your time. And I want to now just chat if there's any sort of remaining points that you feel that people listening should know. And also, where can they find out more about you? And I'm going to put all of that in the show notes. Sure. Um, so, so you can find me at my website, maryderbyshireagility.com. And, um, and with the beauty of Zoom, I mean, I work with people um on zoom as well as in person yeah which has been which is great um and just to encourage people that you know as i was saying before that even though you're older you you, you know you can you can teach an old dog new tricks and um and it doesn't take much to 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 change right you don't have to do a 180 to make a change in your life, you just have to move the needle. And just making some of these adjustments can really profoundly change how you move and how you experience yourself in this world. Oh, that's, that's amazing. And uh, so, so this whole idea of, of small gradual improvements for big impacts. And um, no, I love that approach. You know what I've just realized? I forgot to do the quick fire round. So we, we need to let people get to know you better as well so i do a little quick fire round nothing too scary okay so it is just like pretty much you know quick questions uh one word answers and we'll we'll get a sense of of mary okay so number one are you tea or coffee oh it depends on the type of day time of day tea in the morning coffee afterwards (laughs) okay cool that's all right i'll allow that i'll allow that what is your favorite uh, tea dunking biscuit? Oh, Jaffa cake. Oh, interesting. Okay. I would have thought that might get a bit soggy, but that's okay. Everyone to their own. Uh, oh, Jaffa cake. Oh, cake or... <laughs> yeah. Jaffa cake, cake or a biscuit? Um, a biscuit. Okay. Okay. Very good. <laughs> okay yeah. are you more of an early bird midday bear or a night owl early bird 
Early, early bird. Yeah. Early, early. Okay. Now I'm scared to ask, what time do you usually get up at? Well, um, four or five, depending on my dogs. Oh, wow. That, that is okay. That's early. Okay. Uh, what's your breed of dogs? Oh, I have a Yorkie and a Norwegian elk hound. Very nice. Good combo. Um, okay. And oh, yeah. Favorite exercise? Oh, running. Running, lovely. Least favorite exercise? Running. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. And do you have any non-negotiables in terms of your values when it comes to your work and personal life? Honesty. Honesty, love it. Okay, well, thank you for letting us get to know you a little bit. <laughs> and thank you for all of the amazing um, information you've given. And as I say, I'm going to put those links in the, the show notes for people to, to see and find out more about you. Okay, thank you, Declan. Thank you, it's been fun, a lot of fun. Agreed.